Let me guess, you signed up for every free lead magnet and binged on every marketing YouTube video and thought, what am I missing? Why isn't my business exploding like that? Well, I can tell you, you're not alone. Whether you're just getting started or have an established business, entrepreneurship can be really lonely, but it doesn't have to be. Overcoming your fear of launching or building your personal brand or figuring out how to scale, it shouldn't be holding you back. It should be empowering you. On this podcast, we're going to deep dive into the mechanics of what it takes to build your brand, make your mark, and stake your claim in the digital marketing space. I'll be chatting with people from all walks of life and stages in their careers. I will be getting inspiration from real experts who will share their actual strategies and techniques to grow loyal and raving followings and sell more stuff. This is entrepreneurship from people who are already there making it happen. My name is Jeff Mendelson. Join me and welcome to the One Big Tip Podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. My name is Jeff Mendelson, and this is the One Big Tip Podcast. And today, I am really pleased to have with me Dr. Joe Salustio. He is the Chief Operating Officer of Claremont Lincoln University and the co-founder of the Ed Up Experience Podcast. So this is going to be a really interesting discussion for the both of us. I happen to graduate also from an online university and managed to to parlay that into my master's degree and part of my career. And so I have a nice affinity with, you know, with these types of online schools that help out working professionals. And Dr. Joe has lots of great tips for us today, which I'm going to let him elaborate on. So Joe, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. I'm, I'm ready to rock and roll and, and uh, hopefully give everybody a tip. All right, cool stuff. Can you please let everyone know a little bit more about your background and how you got to where you are today? Yeah, sure. So a quick quick story along probably. I was one of the uh, kids who went to a four-year state school in New York. I had absolutely no direction in life. And I, I come down to a quick story that, that uh, after two years of general education courses, my mom came to me and she said, Joe, you got to pick a major. What are you interested in? Until this day, she still quotes me, quote, absolutely nothing was my answer. Not unlike maybe many of the kids that still exist today, I went on and got a BS in BSing, aka speech communications. From there, I took a one-way Amtrak. Amtrak, if anybody knows even what Amtrak is now, it's trains. I took a one-way train from uh, Syracuse, New York, all the way to Denver, Colorado, where I really started my career. I have spent about 20 years in higher education. I spent 17 of that those years in for, working for a for-profit college in Denver, Colorado. And then over the last three years, I've spent in Southern California on a year-long lockdown due to coronavirus, uh, working for Claremont Lincoln University, as you said, as a chief operating officer and executive vice president president. We're a fully online graduate institution offering degrees that are focused in ethical leadership for today's and, and tomorrow's leaders to, to create sustainable social change, which I think is something that we would all love a little refresher in, you know, being able to talk with one another with respect. So our, our students are out, really out there leading and I just provide uh, the infrastructure and oversight. And how did I get to where I am? A little bit of luck, a little bit of skill, you know, and, and, a, and a tinge of right place, right time. That's, that's how I, I got to where I am. You know, it was really interesting for me when I first started with the online learning thing. So, you know, like I said, I went to the University of Phoenix and, they, and at the time, and I'm really dating myself now, they had both the presential classes where I would go once a week, but they also had an online portion, you know, for maybe veterans were serving overseas or, you know, someone who just couldn't get to one of their locations that they had around the country. And 
I thought it was just novel, right? Because of the thing that, that held me back because I didn't go to university right after high school. I traveled right. and I was like, yeah, why do I need this? Right. And it didn't take until, until my wife at the time told me that she was pregnant with our first kid. And then I was like, oh shoot, now what? Adult student needs top skill. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't have a top skill and I'm like, oh, God, I got to figure this out. And the model that these online universities provide you where they just give you a structure that you can manage in addition to all the other things that you have going on in your life is just, yeah, it, it's just great. It was a great fit for me. And I consider myself one of the success stories because I was able to take that bachelor's degree that I got from Phoenix and then go to a uh, in-person university and get my master's. So. Well, it used to be a novel idea. It's great. And congratulations to you. It used to be novel, but now coronavirus has forced every university in the country to offer online courses. Many will stick with it. Many will not. And that'll be, you know, the great reckoning of higher education as it exists today to see who innovates and who doesn't amongst all of the disruption we've felt in our society due to coronavirus. And higher education is no different than any other industry. You know, we have customers to serve and how we serve them and how they expect to learn now is one of the areas that's changing. Amazing, amazing stuff. I want to talk to you a little bit about your about your one big tip, and it's all centered around LinkedIn, right? So LinkedIn is, you know, for those that don't know, it's a powerful platform, more for professionals. So no one's going to be posting their CAD videos on there, right? It's more about connecting with other business professionals that you can use both to promote your personal brand, but also your professional brand, right? So big companies use it, small companies use it, individuals use it, you know, to get around. And it's not just about a pimped out version of your resume, right? There's a lot more functionality that you can, uh, uh, that you can add there. Let's dive a little bit into how you use LinkedIn to promote your personal brand and what being on the platform has done for you lately. Wow, a lot. You know, I think there's, there's, I'm going to do lots of little tips that will lead to the big tip. I, you know, I think the first thing to understand it with LinkedIn is only 1%, this is a, a well documented staff, that 1% of LinkedIn users actually create content, right? So there's a lot of silent, lurkers, as you would say, people who are lurking on LinkedIn, they peruse, they look through their, their news feed, they click like, they maybe they comment here and there, but only about 1% of the people are actually creating content. But LinkedIn makes it very easy for you to create content. They've added a place for you to, to put documents or PDFs or, or pictures. They have, uh, you can create a LinkedIn publication. You basically write your own blog about what you're doing in your life. So creating content is easier and easier than it ever has been. What that does for you professionally is it puts you in front of a lot of eyeballs, right? So LinkedIn for me, what it's done, it's, it's how I develop business-to-business relationships for my university, Claremont Lincoln University, because I'm continually connecting with people and I'm talking to them about what I do. I'm talking to them about what they do and then all of a sudden, at some point, you have a match. That can turn into business. It can turn into great long-term relationships, but you have to know how to use it. And so creating content is one way. Sharing content is another. So maybe you're a lurker, but you share. You know, maybe, Jeff, you put something on LinkedIn. I'm not so sure I want to create anything myself, but I share your content and you can share it in multiple ways. I could take a picture of you and cite your article. I can take your article and put it as a document. I can do lots of things to share. That shareable content exposes me to your network, right? And so one of the tips that people don't know typically is there's a setting within LinkedIn 
where you can change, you know, the connect button, Jeff, where you connect with people and you have connections, you know, 3,000 connections, whatever. You can change that connect button to a follow button. All right. So all that I didn't know. Okay. Uh, all these people who lurk, maybe they don't want to connect with you. The connection puts you in their bucket. And a lot of people are very wary of who they want to connect with. They want to see the content that you create. They want to make sure that they want to follow you, uh, you know, see what you have to offer before they connect with you truly. So if you change that button to follow, you allow people to follow your work without you making that connection, without them making the connection with you. So you think about some people are extroverts and some people are introverts. The extrovert might just connect with you. Hey, Jeff, how you doing? Here, here's an email. Let's connect. Let's explore synergies. The person who's an introvert may not want to go to that level. So they just want to follow your work. They just want to see what you do. So although you may have 5,000 connections, you may have 10,000 followers. So one way to increase your scope is to change that connect to a follow. All right? So it's all about eyeballs on LinkedIn. And that's, what, that's one big tip that I use. And uh, it's helped me grow my LinkedIn following tremendously. You know what's interesting about that? Maybe you can help us out with this. I noticed this actually about two weeks ago where I would go to the LinkedIn profile for Gary V, right? And it says right there, I got 35 million followers, right? So first of all, LinkedIn was famous for anyone that has over 500 connections. It just says 500 plus. Unless I tell you, you don't know whether I have 501 or 50,000 or 500,000 connections, right? Right. Now, when you change that to followers, I can still connect with that person if I want to, right? It's just a little drop down, right? But is the following, is changing that button to a follow, is that something just for top influencers? Is that something anyone can do? Or like, how is that, uh, how is that actually achieved? Anyone can do it. All right. So it's just a setting within, uh, within the settings. So LinkedIn caps you out at 30,000 connections. So if you connect with 30,000 people, you cannot accept any more direct connections. So you have to be followed. So the assumption here is that Gary Vee, however million people follow him or however many you said, he's only connected with 30,000 people. So it allows him and people who want to follow him to still be exposed to his content beyond the actual connection. So anyone can change that button. What that does is it just gets you, you know, you could t t hypothetically, you could have 5,000 connections and 50,000 followers. Right. Uh, as an example, like Amazing. just my, my small numbers, I, I'm not a big time. I'm big time user of LinkedIn and my following's grown and really I've used it really hard over the last year during coronavirus when I needed to develop relationships and business relationships with people and I didn't couldn't go shake their hand and go to lunch anymore. Right. So I went from like 20 something, 2100 connections. I'm at over 7000 now, but I only have about 5000 connections. There's 2000 followers that I have that just follow my work. That we're not connected. They've never asked me to be connected. I haven't asked them to be connected. So I'll get to 10,000 quickly. Followers, not connections. So that's the, the tweak that they have within the system, right? So that just, it takes your content and puts it in front of people. The, another big tip is they, they added a featured section. The featured section takes a post that you've done that, you know, what, maybe it's the best post you ever had in terms of engagement, or it takes something that you've done like a publication or a project. If you upload it into this featured section, it sits on your profile as like a highlight. So uh, for example, my, uh, the Edup experience, it's my podcast, right? I have a website. My website is my featured, is in my featured section. 
with the Edip experience so that when people come to my profile, one of the first things they see is my podcast so that I can really just be in front of them and show them my work, right? It's like my featured work. And that's an area of LinkedIn that's really underused that can be used much better and more effectively for people, even if you're a casual user. What type of content do you feel works better for you as a podcaster, as, you know, as a chief operating officer, like someone who's building, because basically what happens is that, you know, I would say all of us are wearing many hats, right? It's not, you know, it's one thing to say like, yeah, I'm a, I'm a podcaster, right? But I'm also a podcaster, digital marketer, you know, dad, uh, yeah. you know, I have an opinion about things, you know, there's a lot of stuff that goes into Jeff and there's a lot of stuff that goes into Joe. What kind of content do you create that you find gets, that gets better engagement that really shows off who you are, shows off your personality and the type of work that you create. Yeah, I mean, it's about, it's about authentic content, Jeff. It's, it's about being your authentic self. And, you know, one of the, to give you an example, one of the best posts I had on LinkedIn over the last year was my work from home situation is we, my company transitioned to work from home. I had my work laptop, I had a personal laptop. So I went into my closet, I grabbed the ironing board, um, it was AKA a stand-up desk. I put two cardboard boxes on it. I put my work laptop on one and put my personal laptop on the other to act like I had dual monitors. And that was my workstation for about a week until my wife went out and unearthed a table from the garage. So I posted a picture of that because we were all dealing with that disruption at the time. And that got a, a lot of great response from people. It doesn't have to be personal stuff that you share. But these moments of life get a lot of visibility on LinkedIn because it, it makes you human and authentic. And so that's what I think it's the authentic content. It's not necessarily always sharing an article or, or you know, giving an opinion on something. It, it, it's tying it to something light and fun. Can be quotes, can be motivational quotes, that something you believe in that show your values. I mean, those are the most important and I think most visible posts that you can take on LinkedIn. You know, that's amazing advice, you know, and I also love the, you know, like the background of how we all sort of, you know, needed to retreat into our own, into our own homes. Right. I, I know like for me, I was deathly afraid to work from home simply because the last time I did it, my kids were like two and four years old. There was always knocking on the door. I couldn't concentrate. So I just went to the WeWork and, you know, that was my base. Right. And now it's like, you know, I pimped out this whole area. I got three monitors going on. I got boom arms, you know, holding everything, you know. So it's also forced me to become a better content creator. Yeah. Right. Because now I'm able to concentrate a lot better. A, because my kids are a lot older. They don't need me anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. So I don't have that mm -hmm. knocking on the door anymore. I do. Right. But also, <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that's something that a lot of people need to deal with. Right. But on the other hand, it really creates a situation where you can get really, really creative on the content that you're actually doing, whether it's just angling the camera different. So you're looking yeah. at the wall instead of your bed. You know, a lot of people were trying to get the right equipment into their homes so that they could start producing it, you know, whether it was a, you know, a good mic or a light to, you know, just to help you out a little bit. So you don't uh, look so, uh, so you don't look so dark, yeah. you know, on there. And what I, what I see happening at least is these platforms are trying to help you create this content and give you more visibility. So for example, LinkedIn is starving for video content, whatever yes. it may be. If you upload a video, I think you're still limited to about 10 minutes 
a 10 minutes of an upload, but now yep. you can do live streaming, right? So you can apply to be a live streamer on LinkedIn. And that's something that's really taking off, right? And around that, we also have these great services like Riverside.fm, which we're recording on right now, or Restream or Ecamm that you can use to not only stream directly to LinkedIn, but you can also use it to stream to YouTube and yeah. to Facebook. And basically you're creating all of this great content that can be repurposed and retransmitted to all these different channels because most people will will consume the content in the way that they want to consume it. Some people are more Facebook people. That's right. Others are, are all about Twitter. Others are all about LinkedIn. Right. I find myself more and more living on LinkedIn simply because I don't have half the BS that I, you know, that I look yeah. at on uh, mm -hmm. Facebook. Same it's here. a lot less political. Yeah. yeah. It's a lot less political. So I don't have to look at that. I really don't care what people had for dinner last night. So, you know, there's and that. It gives you the news then, when you need it, you know? Yeah. So it's like it almost provides like this professional safe space, right? For us to go in, you know, and to create that brand and to actually make a differentiation between the personal family stuff that I do on Facebook versus the professional stuff that I do on LinkedIn. Right. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. And you know, it's that it's the, it, it's the moments in life that you can create content with that are just, you know, real moments. Like I, I, my three-year-old went up to a old iPad radio, you know, an iPod. I mean, the iPods that would stick into a radio and it would, and he says, Alexa, play the song. And I was like, hey, man, that doesn't work like that anymore. When you think about taking something like that, and then you can tie that to how, you know, what I do is I tie that to how a higher education has had to move in a technological way because kids are digital natives now. It's about finding those connections, right? And I think that when you can find those connections with real life and work, that's, that's the content that LinkedIn loves to see. Amazing, amazing stuff. Joe, can you please let everyone know how they can learn more about you and your podcast and how they can reach out to you to contact you if they want to learn more? Sure. So Claremont Lincoln University is at claremontlincoln.edu. Again, we offer 100% online graduate degree programs. I'll be uh, very happy if anybody would like to check it out. You can go to the website. I have my website at www joesalustio.com. Very simple. And then my uh, podcast, The Ed Up Experience, is at www.edupexperience.com. And our focus specifically is on higher education interviews. And uh, uh, thank you so much, Jeff. This has been a real honor to be on your show. Thank you for being here. This has been, uh, you know, this has been really eye-opening. I love nerding out on this stuff, right? I love just talking about, you know, new and novel ways to use both existing platforms that we have and even learn some new tips about, uh, you know, about some other ones as well. So thank you very much for being here. Thank you. Thank you.